You're listening to the St John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson. Hi, my name is Enrica, and today's Bible reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and a brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Jesus Christ. For in him you you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech, and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On the 17th of September 2013, uh, 10 years ago today, I was commissioned as the senior minister here at St John's. Uh, Here's a photo showing the late Bishop Barbara handing me my licence. And here's Anna with three much smaller versions of our kids. At the time, I felt a little bit like an 18-year-old being handed the keys to the shiny new family car and hoping that when I took the car onto the road, I wouldn't smash it. So thank you for your trust in me over the past 10 years, uh, for forgiving me when I've scraped the paintwork, for riding shotgun, or piling in the back of the car on this ministry road trip that we've been on together over these past 10 years. I love this church. God's been so gracious to me in giving me the privilege to serve here with you at St. John's. And I thought on this anniversary Sunday, I would focus our thinking on the church under the title, I Love This Church using 1 Corinthians 1 to guide our thinking. Now, Paul, who wrote this letter to the Corinthians, would also say, I love this church, even though I can confidently say that they were a whole lot less lovable than you at St. John's Diamond Creek. In this passage, we have five reasons that we all should love the church. So please grab your Bible and have a look at it with me. The first reason to love the church is that Jesus is our centre. Eight times in these nine verses, Paul mentions Jesus by name. And that isn't counting the times when he says him or Christ referring to Jesus. 
Paul can't help saying his name over and over again. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Perhaps you've been chatting with a friend and you notice that they keep mentioning the name of someone that they've met recently. Sarah said this, Sarah did that, Sarah this, Sarah that. And you think to yourself, I'm hearing a lot about Sarah. I wonder what's going on here. Well, Paul's a bit like that with Jesus. He just can't stop talking about him. He loves Jesus, and because he loves Jesus, he loves the church. The church exists because of Jesus and for Jesus. St. John's Diamond Creek exists because of Jesus and for Jesus. As a Christian community, we've been brought together because of what Jesus has done for us in his life, death, and resurrection. Our mission is know Jesus, make Jesus known. We seek to know Jesus and grow in him as we engage with the Bible and apply it in our lives and world. And we seek to share Jesus with others so that they might know the peace, security, and purpose that comes from a living relationship with him. Jesus is the centre of the church. Jesus is the centre of this church. And that is why I love this church. The second reason to love the church is that we are set apart. Listen to what Paul writes in verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, and called to be his holy people. Now, there's a lot of big ideas packed into this half verse. The church is the church of God. It belongs to him. And the members of the church have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctified is a churchy word, but what it means here is set apart as special. Uh, maybe you've got a really nice set of clothes or, or a suit that you don't wear very often. You keep it only for special occasions like weddings. Right? You certainly don't wear it when you're gardening or when you're changing the oil in your car. You want to keep it special so that you look nice for the special occasion. Well, God considers his church to be set apart and special like those beautiful clothes. We are sanctified, special to God. Why? Well, that's because we're so awesome and talented and good-looking, isn't it? Uh, no, it isn't. We're sanctified in Christ Jesus. It is in Jesus that we're set aside and God treats us as his special people. It's only through Jesus that we become part of God's precious church and are set apart. Now, this language of being sanctified or set apart speaks of our identity. It is who we are. It's something that has happened to us in Jesus. We are special. We are holy. We are set apart and sanctified. 
But in the other part of this verse, we're also called to live this out in practice. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Now, older versions of the Bible would often translate this as called to be his saints. Now, we think of saints as famous Christian people from the past who are extra special, ultra spiritual, uh, and who get turned into stained glass windows and even get churches named after them like St. John's. But in Jesus, we are all saints. We are all called to be God's holy people. We've been set apart in Jesus and then God wants us to live out that reality. So you are a saint. Saint Bruce, Saint Mia, Saint Trevor, Saint Pam. Now, maybe don't introduce yourself that way at school or at work tomorrow, but that is who you are. In Jesus, we are set apart as holy and called to live in a way that is different, radically loving and countercultural, living out the values of Jesus and reflecting his heart. Now, people will notice when we do that and they will say that there is something very special about this church. Over the past 10 years, it's been a joy to see people living like Jesus, to see people grow in holiness in their day-to-day lives. I've seen people confess their sins to each other and to say, I'm sorry. I've seen people forgive each other when they've been hurt. I've seen people undertake countless acts of love and service for each other, weeping alongside those who are hurting, praying for those in need, providing food for someone who is sick or driving them to hospital. As the church, we are set apart in Jesus and called to live differently. And that is why I love this church. The third reason to love the church is that we're part of a worldwide movement. Listen to how Paul finishes verse 2. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. The amazing privilege of being set apart and holy is not just for the Corinthian church, It's not just for St. John's Diamond Creek either. It is together with all those everywhere. We're part of something big which spreads across the whole world. The church is much bigger than what we see locally. It's a multicultural, multinational, multilingual movement spreading to every corner of the earth made up of everyone who calls Jesus their Lord. Wow, let's never narrow our vision so much or become so local and parochial that we forget how big Jesus' church is. It's very easy for churches to do that. We get so caught up with our own activities, our own relationships, our own agendas, 
that we narrow our vision of what God is doing worldwide. Please, God, let us see the church as you see the church. Please, God, give us your vision for what you're doing in the world. In our latest church vision statement, we express a desire to be both intergenerational and multi-ethnic. And what a joy it's been in recent years to welcome Persian Christians to worship in our building. The Holy Spirit's doing a wonderful work of revival amongst Persian people all across the world. And on Saturday nights, this place is filled with hundreds of voices worshipping God in Farsi. What a joy it is also to express our commitment to the worldwide reality of church through our mission partnerships. A big selling point of St John's to me when I was deciding to come here was to know that St John's has a commitment to give 15% of our offertory to support God's worldwide mission through mission partnerships. God loves the world. God sent his son Jesus into the world for the world. The church also must love the world and must share Jesus with the world in word and in action. I love that we want to do that at St. John's. I love that we're partnered in Bible translation, church work in East Timor, theological education for both Indigenous and non-Indigenous church leaders, caring for the poor and marginalised locally and globally. We are united with all those everywhere who call on Jesus. And we desire to see more and more people in more and more places calling Jesus their Lord. And that is why I love this church. The fourth reason to love the church is that we depend entirely on God's grace. Twice in verses 3 and 4, Paul emphasises the grace of God through Jesus. In verse 3, he greets the church by saying, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is something that we don't deserve and we haven't earned. Grace is a gift given to us. This free gift of grace comes from God, our Heavenly Father, and it comes through the Lord Jesus. God gives us this gift of grace. It's a present from God, but it comes about through the life and work of Jesus. Verse 4 makes this explicit. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. It's God's grace, God's free gift, and it's given to us in Jesus. This is the heart of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be the church. Being a Christian is not about working hard at being good so that God accepts us. Being a Christian is about accepting God's free gift of grace in Jesus saying yes to God, 
saying thank you to Jesus. It's seeing that Jesus is the only one who has lived a good life, a life good enough for God. But that through his perfect life, through his death on the cross to deal with our failings, God gives us this gift of grace. He says, you are forgiven in Jesus. You are loved in Jesus. You are accepted in Jesus. You are part of a new family in Jesus. The church is not a workshop for try-hard do-gooders. It's a community of broken and failed sinners who have been forgiven by God's grace in Jesus, accepted into a new family and made saints by God's grace in Jesus. No wonder Paul gives thanks for the Corinthian church. And we should give thanks that we and those around us are included by God's grace too. The flow on from God's gift of grace to us is that we then use the gifts that God has given us to serve him, his church, and his world. And that's what Paul is talking about in verses 5 to 7. Verse 5, for in him, Jesus, you have been enriched in every way. Verse 7, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift. In Jesus, the riches of God have been given to us. In Jesus, we do not lack any spiritual gift. It's not that each individual has all the spiritual gifts needed to serve the church and the world, but Paul can say of the whole church, you together do not lack any spiritual gift. So together, as we each use our gifts, the gifts that God has given us, we serve faithfully with each other. That is one of the beautiful things about the church. It needs all of us with our unique personalities and talents. It's not a one man or a one woman show. It's about every member ministry. I love this about our church, that having experienced the grace of God in our lives, we then respond with thankfulness and joy and use our gifts to serve. I love seeing our children and youth discovering their gifts, using them and growing in them. I love seeing new Christians respond to God's grace and get involved in the church's life. I love seeing mature Christians continuing to serve God and use their gifts decade after decade. I love seeing our older saints finding new ways to serve God as frailty prevents them doing the things that they previously did, laying a foundation of prayer for our ministries, speaking words of encouragement and wisdom into our lives. The church is utterly and entirely dependent on the grace of God in Jesus. 
The church is saved by grace and serves responding to God's grace using the gifts that he's given us. And that is why I love this church. The fifth and final reason to love the church is that we look to the future. Most people don't think this or say this about the church. We're perceived as being backward looking, holding on to tradition and unwilling to change. What do you mean that we look to the future? Well, listen to Paul in verses 7 and 8. He says, As you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are future-focused and forward-looking because we are eagerly waiting for Jesus to return. A day is coming, and we don't know when it will be, tomorrow, next month, in a thousand years, when Jesus is revealed for who he truly is, the world's saviour and the king of the universe. The Bible speaks of this as the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is his day because the truth about him will be revealed for everyone to see. When he comes to judge the living and the dead, when evil and injustice is exposed and dealt with, where faithfulness, mercy and long-suffering is celebrated and rewarded, when all the sad things finally come untrue. No wonder Paul says that we eagerly wait for this day. Though maybe you are, are a bit worried about this day. I mean, if Jesus is coming as judge, then that will mean that he'll expose my hidden sins and failings. I'm not sure that my flawed life can stand up to that sort of scrutiny. Well, no, it can't. But you will not be saved by the quality of your life and your good deeds. Again, we are dependent entirely on God's grace and on Jesus' perfect life, not ours. Which is why Paul can say to those who trust in Jesus, he will keep you firm to the end and you will be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus. Blameless? Yes, blameless. Blameless in Jesus. No condemnation. No shame. No rejection. But acceptance and love in Jesus through Jesus, because of Jesus, and for Jesus. That's why the church looks to the future, straining towards the horizon, longing for Jesus to come back, and shaping what we do in the present by this future that is speeding over the horizon, living now in light of the future, praying that God's kingdom would come 
and that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does the future hold for St. John's? At one level, we don't know. Uh, This time in 2019, we didn't know that COVID was coming, but we showed incredible resilience and adaptability as we responded together to that challenge. At one point during the COVID period, I was sitting and praying in the old church. God, this is so hard, not being able to meet together, having to adapt and adjust what we do every week just to keep ministry going. I'm tired, God, and this is so hard. And as I looked up, my eyes fell on the World War I honour board on the wall. And I thought, this is not the first challenging time this church has gone through. It is just one particular challenge that I'm here for and need to respond to. There will always be unknown challenges around the corner. But Paul's words in verse 9 will remain true regardless of what comes tomorrow. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The church at Corinth could stand confidently because God is faithful and Jesus is Lord. St. John's Diamond Creek can stand confidently because God is faithful and Jesus is Lord. Whatever the future holds for you, for me, for St. John's, God is faithful and Jesus is Lord. He's been faithful to this church for over 155 years. He's been faithful to his worldwide church for over 2,000 years. He will continue to be faithful until the Lord Jesus returns. And so, dear church, St. John's, sisters and brothers, Jesus is our centre. We're set apart as holy in him. We're part of a worldwide movement. We're utterly dependent on God's grace to us in Jesus. And we look to the future, longing for praying for and working until the return of Jesus. And that is why I love this church. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.